going to talk about relationships with you. Talk to me about, say this, crazy love. How many of you are crazy in love? Okay. Now, before we get going, I want you to know, you can say, well, J.O., I'm not married and, you know, had some bumps in the road and been through a divorce and, and you know, I, I, I just want to leave right now because this is kind of awkward. You're going to talk about, I want to talk about relationships across the board. Okay, of course it's going to be husbands and wives and, 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 and maybe your fiance or what have you. But I want to let you know that you can take the principle, some of these things that I'm going to talk about, and you can apply it to every relationship, right? Now, if you are a person that's had a lot of bad relationships, I don't want you to view this day as like, you know, every relationship I have had that's went bad was always someone else's fault, right? Here's the, here's the, the common denominator with every bad relationship that you have had. You're the common denominator, right? You, you with me? Don't get mad at me. Put, just, put your rocks underneath you. But it's true, right? So we all can learn. Uh, about relationships. I want to say this is think about it. What is more important on the face of the earth than relationships? There's nothing more important. And I think somebody say more with me. I think we all got a little more space that we can learn about relationships today. And that's my, that's my heart in this matter is that we walk away with a little bit more uh, to our belt and uh, that we can walk away and get a little more when it comes to relationships. Pray with me as we dive into this this morning. Father, we just thank you for, first of all, your presence and worship and God, your, your Holy Spirit's here and you're moving in this place. And I just ask that you would bless this time with, uh, with your word. Uh, man, should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So Father, send your word today. You say that you send your word and you heal. I pray that you would heal lives, you would heal souls, you would heal relationships. Lord, let your word transform us from the inside out. The world tries to hit us hard from the outside in. But I pray today, God, that your word would touch us on the inside to help us to become more like you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. You know, I want to thank my buddy right here, John. I don't mean to embarrass him, but John right here on the third row, right behind you, Josh, he came and worked on my garage door and did a marvelous job. And today, him and his family's here. I want to thank you for being with us. Would you put your hands together for John and his family? Hey, if you, you ever need your garage door fixed, no, I'm serious. It's like smooth, like a sewing machine almost. I mean, it's amazing. Relationships. God's all about relationships. You're here today and you might not have a relationship with him. You came to the right place. Today is a day that you can get right in your relationship with God. He loves you. I, I want to read a couple of scriptures. We're going to dive into relationships amongst ourselves, but it begins with a relationship with God. Listen to this scripture, 1 John 3, 1. The message says this. What a marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We, we're called children of God. That's who we are. 
But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. How many know that that's a crazy love that, that God calls us children of God and that's exactly who you are? Say that with me, crazy love. Romans 5, 8, listen to this. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can somebody say crazy love? When you were jacked up, man, jacked up, far away from Jesus, had no clue who he was. When he went to the cross, he had you in mind. When you are a sinner, he loves you so much with an agape love, with a benevolence love, with an affectionate love. That word means a love feast. He loves you, and he died for you even when you were the, in your worst condition. He laid his life down with you, down for you. Can somebody say crazy love? He loves you with a crazy love. The number one thing that God desires from me and you is our heart and a relationship with you. He loves you and he wants that love back. I, I, I added this scripture. I want to read it this morning. Matthew 3, 16 through 17. It says, when he was baptized, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the uh, God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased you know, we saw many people get water baptized here last week, and every month we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people get water baptized. And just think about that. When they come out of that water, I can just hear the Father look at them and go, this is my beloved daughter who I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son who I am well pleased. God wants a relationship with you. This whole thing we exist for is relationship. Relationship with him vertically and relationship right here horizontally. And God wants to speak into those relationships uh, today. The two greatest commandments are basically based on heart and relationship. Listen to this. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. How many know that Jesus wants your heart today? All your heart. He wants all your heart. And with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the first great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. First of all, God wants that relationship. Second of all, he wants your love. He wants your heart. He wants all of it. Sometimes, you know, even in, I find that there's certain things in life that leaks. Like, I think sometimes vision leaks and Hope leaks, and even love can leak sometimes. And some people can fall away from that love that you once had for God. I want to want you to read hear the scripture today, Revelations two, two through five. If you have your Bible, it's easy to get to because it's the last book in the Bible. Just go ahead and turn to Revelation. I know you got your Bible with you, right? Right? You you got your Bible, right? Unless you got it memorized, you got your Bible. Come on, I used to pack my pistol. Now I pack a Luke 9. Come on, you got to pack your Bible. Still occasionally still carry a pistol just because I'm in Idaho. Hallelujah. I can, do, I can do that legally. You can do that legally. Come on, come on. I ain't getting all, I ain't getting all political on you. I'm just saying that you can do that if you want to. 
I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. This church that Paul is speaking about was a working church, laboring church. They were a good church. And it says, and you have tested those who say there are apostles and are not. You found them liars. You've preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. Look at this, that you've left your first love. Left your first love. Whose first love? Whose first love? Come on, church. It better be Jesus. If not, we got a problem, Houston. Okay. Remember, though, therefore, from where you've fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come quickly, remove the lampstand from this place, unless you repent. Today, if you've lost your first love, I want to encourage you, even in the midst of this gathering, that you allow the Holy Spirit to touch your heart. Allow him to draw you back. That's what repentance is. You, you, a change of mind. A, a, a change in direction of your life. You're going to have an opportunity today to receive Christ or come back to him. The second two, and it says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So I want to talk to you. How many know that's a little challenging to love your neighbor as yourself? Is that only challenging for me? Anybody else challenged with that? Loving your neighbor? Sometimes it can be very challenging to love others uh, like God calls us to. So I want to talk about relationships, but I want you to understand today, I'm not just talking about marriages. It can be relationships between a sister and a brother, um, brothers and sisters in the church, or maybe someone that you work for, or someone that works for you, or a friend at school, or what have you. Um, across the counter, there are principles. Say that with me, principles. And you can use those principles in all areas of your life. I want to show you a principle today that I think works very well with relationships. And that's this, bringing God into every one of your relationships, trying to bring God into every relationship. Now, I know that can be difficult. You say, well, Jay, I'm the only Christian in my office. And still, you can try to bring God into that relationship. It makes all the difference in the world. Gabe, would you grab my ropes for a minute and come up here and help me out? I want to show you something. It comes out of Ecclesiastes 4.12. It's going to be behind me. Check this out. Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered by another. Give me one. This is you. One overpowered by the other. Look at that. Everyone say one. And it goes on to say two can withstand him. So we're going to take two. Maybe this, this is you and your wife or you and a good friend and so forth and so on. And, you know, you get just kind of get one will run a thousand, two can run ten thousands. But, you know, it still unravels pretty, pretty easily. Twist right out of it, right? But look at when you bring God into every relationship, especially your marriage, especially in your family. You can even do this with a crazy aunt. You know what I'm saying? I know that you don't have any crazy aunts. Awkward, yeah. Here we go. Can you help me? I don't do this very often. You can tell that I don't have hair. So I'm not into braiding very, very much. But just look at this. What's this? What do you think that represents? Yeah, God in your relationship. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Just weaving, asking God, Jesus be the center of it all. 
Jesus be the center. He needs to be center, and he needs to be number one. Number one and center in your life. Feel me on that. Number one and center. He, he wants to be the center in every aspect of your life, but he also wants to be number one. Okay? And look what you got right there. You have a braid. You have a cord of three. Break that, Gabe. You're big and handsome and good-looking dude and strong. Oh, come on, man. Break that right there. Now pull it apart. Just pull that apart right there. Can you pull that apart? Here, here. Grab that right there. Come on, just grab it. Can you pull? Here. Help, help. Bro, come on, man. I ain't that heavy. Come on. No, pull, bro. Pull. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Put God in every, that's a beautiful principle right there. Bible, that you make God part of all your relationships. And they're going to grow. They're going to mature. They're going to get strong. Amen. Would you put your hands together for Gabe today? I want to talk to you about five relationship killers and five relationship builders. Five killers and five builders. You could say five bullets and five bricks. Five killers and five builders today. And that's 10 things. And I don't expect no one to walk out of here remembering all 10 things. But you might find, listen to me, one that's operating in your life that is absolutely killing relationships around you. It's killing your marriage. It's killing your relationship with your son or daughter. If there's a killer, you need to get rid of that killer today. I want to talk to you about five killers, and then I'm going to talk to you about five builders, five that you can impart, five you could say, well, Joe, I got four of them. We'll add this one builder to your relationship today, or whatever, whatever relationship you're trying to build, because you can apply these to a lot of different a lot of different relationships in your life. The first one is this, selfishness. How many of you think that selfishness is probably a killer in relationships? I sent out a text and it went out to a few leaders and people I trust. And I said, hey, give me your silver bullet in relationships. And Seth happened to respond to this one, and he gave me a scripture. I want to read it. Happens to deal with the area of selfishness. Philippians 2 3, this is the English Standard Version. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others, look, 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 more significant than yourself. More. Can you imagine what our world would be like, your marriage would be like, your friendships would be like, your place of employment would be like if everyone applied that to their life, if you actually viewed others as more significant than yourself? Can you hear, can you sense the power that could be in that? Selfishness. But if it's all about you, I'm going to tell you right now, selfishness is an absolute killer in relationship. Seth went on with his text. He said this, honestly, that's probably my number one nugget for marriage ever. Don't view your wife as just more pretty, more nice, more sweet, more nurturing, but more significant. Selfishness. Think about adding that. Think about throughout this sermon today, what can I do 
to build stronger relationships. What can I take away today? What can I add? What do I need to get rid of in order to have a better relationship with someone that I'm trying to build a relationship with? Number two, you ready for this one? Laziness. Say that with me, laziness. You may have never thought about that in relationships. I'm going to tell you right now, it takes work, work, work in relationships. If you're going to have a good relationship, it, whoever told you, hey, you just go get a license and you get married and it's all going to be good. It doesn't take work. Your old man going to take care of you. That old woman going to take care of you. That's, come on, man. That's jacked up. Relationships, no matter who it's with, it takes work. Say that with me, work. Come on, come on. It works if you work it. Laziness will kill a relationship. Years ago, we brought a couple in. I'm telling you, this was maybe nine years ago, and they spoke on relationships, and and they said this. They said, either you're working on your marriage or you're working on your divorce. You're working on your marriage or you're working on your divorce. You can't be lazy in your relationship. It can, not even a husband, a wife, a a daddy and a daughter, uh, your boss, you need to work at your relationship. Listen to what Ecclesiastes 10, 18 says. Because of laziness, buildings decay. The relationship building will decay. And through idleness of hand, the house will leak. Me and my wife, we decided to do a couple of things. And we, we, you know, I don't know if it was, maybe it was your your idea, my idea. But, you know, we come together and join together and said, we're going to do this. In 2017, some, somebody say, work it. We said, we're going to work it in 2017. We decided in 2017, we're going to kiss longer. Did we not? So can we give an example? You mind? So this, this was in 2000. This was 2016. 2016 and 2015 and 2014 and probably for about the last 25 years, honestly. You know, what happens when you get married and you, you quit making out and all that stuff? You know what I'm saying? Huh? Y'all feeling me? How many of you, you can feel me right now? So before 2017, it was like more like the Everyone say peck. Just a little peck here, peck there. Just, just a little peck. Just. See, she didn't know I was going to do this today, so I don't know. <laughs> but in 2017, we decided we're going to kiss longer because we're going to work at our, our relationship, right? Just... Somebody say 2017. Is that okay, sweetie? She go, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We also said, you know, we're going to add something. We're going to have date nights on Friday nights. We've had family nights on Monday. My kids don't know any other thing but family night on Monday night. But now my kids are married. They still come over or we go over their house on Monday night. So we decided, you know what? We're going to add something. We're going to work on our relationship. We're going to add date night on Friday night. It's in my phone. It pops up. 
Whatever we decide to do, we can go to the movie, we can get dropped by Redbox, we can watch the news if we want to, we can ride around, we can go out to dinner, whatever we want to, but we want to spend time together in our date night. Somebody say, work it. You cannot, listen, you may be 15 years old and just kind of checking out right now going, what? When are you going to learn relationships? Learn them right now. That if you think it's easy, I got news for you. If you're going to be lazy in your relationship, I got news for you. You need to work on relationships. Laziness will kill your relationships. Number three, here's another killer, sin. Well, that's jail. That's no joke. We understand sin. There is some sins that will absolutely destroy your relationships. Here's one right here. Lying. When you lie, you line up with the devil. He's a liar and the father of lies. You begin lying, it absolutely will rot your relationship. Why? Because truth, trust is completely broken up. Trust is something very unique because throughout years you build trust. Let's say trust is little building blocks. And you're like, hey, you make all these right decisions and he's making the right decisions and she's making the right decisions and trust is built, trust is built, trust is built, trust is built. And then all of a sudden you do something stupid. You tell a lie. All those years of trust, and you tell a, and I'm talking about a lie. I'm talking about something you just set your, I'm not talking about making a mistake. We all make mistakes. I'm talking about just flat out black lie, white lie, red lie, red, white, and blue lie. <laughs> you feeling me? And then guess what happens to all those little building blocks of trust? Gone. Splattered, shattered. Why? Because of sin. Listen to this, Proverbs eleven twenty. the message. God can't stand deceivers, but oh, how he relishes integrity. Proverbs 12, 22 message. God can't stomach liars. He loves the company of those who keep their word. And there's other sin. I mean, I could go down through the list. Adultery and porn and flirting. And here's a good one, sarcasm. We think that sarcasm is cool. Come on, you need to remove that. It will absolutely. Sticks and stones will break my bones and words will kill you. Yes. Sarcasm. Just, it, it's terrible. Speaking down to, 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 to someone that you're trying to build a relationship. Disrespectful, belittling, on and on and on. Sin. How about number four? Fighting unfair. So I say fighting because me and my wife, you know, we're very passionate. We'll, we'll mix it up. <laughs> Your pastors will mix it up. I'm just being honest. Y'all don't want to play church, right? Y'all, y'all want to play church? If you do, you probably need to go somewhere else. We don't play church here. Me and my wife, we'll kind of mix it up, but we've learned to fight fair. What do you mean fighting fair? Like pushing buttons. You know that if you say that, that button, you know if you call her blank or whatever it is, you know that that thing's going to erupt. That you, it's going to blow up. 
push it. That's fighting unfair. That is absolutely, you, why you, you don't need to protect that mountain of lima beans. You don't need to fight unfair. Watch pushing buttons. Number five, here we go, here we go. Bad attitude. Just have a bad attitude. Could be whiny, angry, mopey. Nobody likes me. My wife called me on the carpet one time. I was having a bad attitude. She's like, PMS. PMS for men, poor me syndrome. Bad attitude. Jay, I don't have a bad attitude. She just needs to get straightened up. She, she, she. Come on, you need to lose the bad attitude. It can be towards your wife or towards your boss or it's not going to get you anywhere trying to be a jerk, terrible confession. Proverbs 18.24 says this, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Can somebody say friendly? Friendly. Joe, I, 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 I don't have any friends. Nobody ever talks to me. Do you ever talk to them? <laughs> right? You got to be friendly. Proverbs 27, 15 through 16, the message. A nagging spouse is like the drip, drip, drip of a leaky faucet. You can't turn it off and you can't get away from it. Right? Somebody say bad attitude. You got to get rid of the bad attitude. Let me look. I feel like I just need to cover those one more time for somebody. Selfishness. No more selfishness. Laziness. Sin. Fighting unfair. Bad attitude. Those are all relationship killers. Are you operating in any of those today? We're going to have an altar call. Just a few minutes. An altar call sometimes is good to, to confess something, confess your faults, one another, pray that you may be healed. An altar call can bring actually an altar to your life, turning from something. I want to encourage you with that, okay? Now, the five relationship builders. Will you say that with me, relationship builders? <laughs> Wonderful. If you come to the core class, which I hope every one of you will, core class is our membership class. And there's one weekend that Radine and I teach along with our daughter. And, and I love to teach about family because I'm passionate about family. In that core class, which happens at 111 every Sunday after this service, except the fifth Sunday of the month. We go through the 12 values of the church. And whenever I'm sharing about family, I always talk about four T's. For, if you walk away from these, and these are for free today. This is not even my five, my five builders. This is four T's that you need to walk away. You can hide these four T's in your heart. If you don't know how to make a relationship, I want to let you know, you can apply these four T's and your relationships are going to change. You can learn to build relationships. The first T is this. Somebody say time. 
You have to spend time with someone that you're trying to build a relationship with. Time. If you don't spend time with someone, you're not going to have a relationship. J.L., I want to have a relationship with my wife, but you know, I work 20 hours and then I sleep for the other four hours. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't want to spend, you don't, you don't want to ha- have a relationship with your wife. If you're working 20 hours and you, and, and, and you sleep four hours, and you're never with your wife. You, you, you'll never have a relationship with anyone unless you can spend time with them. Because somebody say time. Time is the essence. You have to spend time. If you feel like you have a child that you, you know, kind of sway and I want to let you know you need to spend time with them. You might need to spend time with someone that you're trying to build a relationship with at the workplace. You have to spend time. The second one is this, talk. Say that with me, talk. Words. Words are the building block to relationships. Of course, we know they kill, but they, they also build You have to spend time with people and you have to talk with them. You get to know them. They get to know your heart. What are you going through? What what are you going through? And you talk and you spend time. If you're going to have a relationship, you have to spend time and talk. And number three, you ready for number three? Treasures. Say that with me, treasures. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When's the last time you bought anything for your wife. Well, you know, I bought her some flyers before we got married. When did y'all be, when'd y'all get married? Uh, 40 years ago. And you ain't bought her nothing since? Well, no, she's my wife. Wrong answer. If you love someone, you want them to know that they are in your heart. Where your treasure, it doesn't have to be big. I'm not talking about a five carat diamond ring. I'm talking about, hey, Go out to dinner, bring home a gift, send a card. Come on, come on, somebody. Guys, I'm talking, I'm, I'm kind of I'm rubbing you a little bit, guys. But this can go in any relationship is that if you want to build relationship, time, talk, and treasure. And then the fourth one I have to be careful with. Because see, I say this at a junior high camp. And all of a sudden, the junior hires are like, yeah, Pastor J.O. told me to touch you. <laughs> Don't get all weird on me now. A healthy touch. Somebody say healthy touch. Not no weird, whack out. No, healthy touch. Craig, stand up. This is a healthy touch. You know, we did it right here. This is the kind of healthy touch right here. This is all right. right. Or healthy touch, my wife. Just love my beautiful wife. Give her a 2017 kiss. Yeah. I, kiss, I kiss my son right in the beard. You know, he got the big beard. I kiss my daughter on her forehead. A healthy touch. If you will apply those four things in any relationship, I guarantee you they'll get stronger. I guarantee you. You can say, J.O., I've always been awkward in relationship. If you'll take time and talk and treasure and a healthy touch, you can begin building relationships. Everyone say, that's for free. Here's my five, you could say, bricks. Five builders for relationship. Number one, honor. Honor. Say that with me. Honor. Honor Honor means high 
respect, or esteem. And you go, yeah, 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 I get that. But how's that work? I mean, how does honor really work? We say, I did a wedding right here yesterday. We talk about honor, but how's it work? Can I, can I, can I pick on you, Joy, for a minute? What is something that you like to do? You like to cook food. So if your wife, you like to eat food. Okay, wow. That's a little, I'm going to skip you. That's going to be a tough one because everyone's going to eat food. I love you. Don't, hey, hey, hey. I love you. I'm not rejecting you. This is just a little tough one right there. Josh, what do you like to do? You don't like to do nothing. Okay, here we go. Huh? Okay. You like concerts. Wow. So check this out. If Cheryl goes, you know what? He says the louder the better, right? He's a drummer at the church. So check this out. If, if Cheryl goes, you know what? I don't really, re I'm not saying this is you, but just bear with me. If Cheryl goes, I don't really like concerts, but because my, my husband likes them so much and he likes them loud, you know what? I'm going to go to concerts with him because I'm going to honor him. I'm going to take what's important to him and make it important to me. When you make it important to you, Cheryl, you show honor to your husband. Cheryl, what is something that you like to do? She loves to travel. Josh is like, where do you want to go? He goes, you want to go to Italy? Okay, we're going to go to Italy. I'm going to do my best to travel with you because this is something that you really like to do. And because you really like to do it, I'm going to honor and respect you. So I'm going to make it very important to myself. Are you following me? Now, those are two big things, but it can be little. It can be like, you know, the first, the first uh, uh, service, uh, 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 the man says, I like to work out. I said, well, if you work out with your husband, you could be showing, showing respect. The, the wife said, well, I like to shop. Cool. Well, if you go shopping with your husband, you can show respect and honor that way. Whatever is important to that person that you're trying to build a relationship with, if you make it important to you, you're going to show them great honor. Are you following me? Are you following me, church? Yes. Number one, honor. Deuteronomy 5.16. Here's a different type of relationship. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that look at, the, look at the beautiful promises of honor. That your days may be long, that you may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Everyone say honor. honor. Here's, here's the next one. It's going to get an eyebrow. You can just, just raise an eyebrow right now. Here we go. Number two, submission. Oh. Woman. You need to submit. <laughs> now, if you think I'm talking about that, you done lost your brains. I'm not talking about some kind of crazy submission. I'm not talking about some kind of crazy, weird, floor mat, abusive, whacked out, heavy hand. That's not my heart in this matter whatsoever. But the Bible encourages us to submit one to another. And it does encourage wives to submit, but it also encourages us to submit to one another. I tell you what, that's a beautiful thing that has to take place in order for your relationship to be healthy. Listen to what 1 Peter 5, 5 says. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to the elders. Yes, 
All of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Could you be a better friend? Could you be a better husband? Could you be a better wife, son, daughter, employee, boss? I think if you add the submission to one another in love, I think it will do amazing things for your relationship. Number three, somebody say serve. 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 So let me, let me say this. Husbands, your wife is not your mama. Your wife is not your mama. Don't hurry. Don't expect her to clean up every little dish and pick your underwear off the bathroom floor and all that stuff right there. She's not your mama. We're to serve one another. The greatest in the kingdom is serving. Me and my wife, we kind of got an agreement. We don't talk about it all the time, but we try to outserve one another. Just try to serve one another, serve one another. If all else fails in your relationship, serve. Instead of demanding, serve. Instead of asking, serve. Instead of commanding, serve. Somebody say serve. Oh, man, you're talking about a, a beautiful element that will build your relationship. Can you imagine in your home, everyone in your family trying to outserve one another? Your kids trying to outserve you. Uh, son, would you go take out the trash? Mom, I already did that. I already did that. I did that yesterday. Wow. Outserving one another. It will absolutely strengthen your relationships. Number four, somebody say fight fair. Fighting fair. Kind of the opposite, of course, of the one that I said before. Not fighting unfair, but fighting fair. Because I told you, me and my wife, you know, we'll mix it up. Me and my kids, we'll mix it up. But we want to fight fair. T.D. Jake says this, sometimes losing is winning. Sometimes losing is is winning. Do you really, really, really need to win that fight right there? Do you want to blow up your family and your marriage over that crazy, crazy little thing that you won't give up? Right now, sometimes you need... See, the kingdom of God is upside down. Sometimes it's just better. You know, it's all good. Choosing fights. Being careful with the fights that you choose. I, I tell you what, the older you get, you're just like, I'm going to let that go right there. I send out this bullet, bullet out. It's give me your best bullet. Craig texts me back and he just, I think, it, I think if I'm not mistaken, the very first text that I sent out a text to say, hey, give me your best bullet in relationship. I think his very first text said, die. Will you say that with me? Die. die. Just die. And then he added a little bit more to it. I think die to self, etc. Some of the best marriage counseling I could ever give someone is this. Two dead people get along Awesome. <laughs> Two dead people get along awesome. What do you mean by that? Dying to self. Dying to selfishness. Dying to sin. Dying to your ways. Always elevating the other. Come on. Dying. Dying. I mean, heart of the city church would be 
if we were just all dead. You know what I'm saying? And now that goes out on the internet. They're like, that pastor right there, well, he's been drinking. He's trying to get them to drink Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dying to our selfish ways. Dying to our immature ways. Dying to our sins. Die. Paul says, I die daily. Come on. That is absolutely, come on, fighting fair. The last one, Pastor Radine, she texted me back and said, I love this one. Gratitude. Being thankful. Listen. Being thankful for your spouse. Have you done that lately? Or are you just nitpicking them to death? Being thankful for that friend. Being thankful. A heart of gratitude. Having an attitude of gratitude. I'm talking about being very thankful. Not just like, oh, thanks God for my wife. I'm talking about, no, cultivating. A, I mean, getting down, praying it through. I am thankful for my amazing wife. I'm thankful for my kids and my friendships. And, and adding thankfulness to your relationships. Sincere thankfulness. Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Come on. Being thankful for your wife. Thankful for that friend. Thankful for that boss. Jail, you don't know my boss. You might be the one that wins him over. Bringing, you know, remember that gold cord? Bringing God in that relationship. What if you're called for such a time as this to see that boss won over for Jesus Christ? Come on. Come on. Everyone say amen.